When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. today. I hope you are fabulous. I am doing so well. It is January in Florida and that is always such a great time to be in Florida. If you want to come visit, come in January, February. It is beautiful weather, not so many crowds. It's so great. And last week, one of my really good friends had her seventh baby and I got to um, be at the hospital with that baby at night and holding her. And I got to tell you, there's nothing like holding a newborn to make you feel joy and feel hope, right? And it was just such a great experience. Hard on the sleeping, but amazing. And I just, I'm so thankful for that opportunity I had. And then I just had a really fun weekend with my husband. Um, We are so funny about Saturdays. Like he is super busy with his calling at church, what he does at church and he travels a ton. And with the six kids, all the demands that um, a couple of years ago, we have made Saturday, like our sacred day. Like it is always our day we spent together. And I love a day date. Like I have so much more energy and so doing all those things. So, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today is marriage. You know, this month and lift it together. Every month we focus on another tool. And this month we are focusing on tuning up your love, right? Um, learning how to love in a more productive way and getting some tools to um, really, you know, heighten your, your relationships. And, you know, there's a lot of shame, I feel like, around marriages sometimes. Um, you know, I've coached a lot of couples and um, they come to me usually with like, uh, just kind of anxious, like, we're really kind of shameful of how we want, we don't want to show up other people where the struggle is. And in fact, I was in Sunday school yesterday and we we're talking about being like equally yoked with your spouse and with Christ and just kind of seeing the answers that people, you know, that what they were saying is that I was like, oh, people really do feel like they should have this figured out that they should, marriage shouldn't be a struggle. And I really think marriage is demands so much of us because it is supposed to do that. That is the plan. Um, because I think it's such a great classroom to, um, it takes so much work from us that it evolves us into better people and it it makes us go deeper. And, you know, um, I love this quote from um, Jennifer Felisa Feith, where she's like, marriage will always feel hard until you learn how to love. And so today I'm going to just share with you some of the tools that I've been focusing on. And some of these tools are from, you know, uh, Eli Fifth, who has been studying marriages, Esther Perel, Jennifer Finlayson Fife, um, Gottman. Like I just study a lot of experts in these fields and kind of created um, three things that I think you could focus on to create a stronger bond with your spouse. And honestly, these tools would be good for any relationship. If you're not married, any relationship, I think these are really, really important tools to use. And you know, when you have an LGBTQ child and they come out or any children, any demands they put on you, um, I really think the best gift you could give to your children is a strong pattern of how you love each other, how you take care of each other. You know, and I was, um, I had parents who, you know, had 10 children 
And they really patterned for me and they weren't imperfect people. And, you know, there is no perfect marriage, but they had a good marriage. And when I look back of like, what did they do? It's funny now these tools that I'm going to teach you, some of these things they did, and they probably did without like, like automatically doing it. It was just kind of part of the marriage culture that they established. And that's where we're really focusing on is like, what kind of marriage culture you have today and what do you want? Like, how can you make that culture, uh, safer, more, um, better for both of your, you and your spouse to feel more safe and to grow into the best versions of yourself. And, you know, I can't imagine I'm raising six kids. I saw the demand on our marriage and 10 kids, and they were able to still be each other's best friends and to continue to grow their marriage. And that gift, that legacy they left for all 10 of us, um, I think greatly impacts our marriages today. And, you know, um, my sisters and I all have very different marriages, but all very good marriages and we're married to very different people. But I really think um, we just, the legacy of showing how to treasure and adore each other is something, the best gift we could give. And our LGBTQ kids need that as much, if not even more, because they need that safety and that feeling from us. So like I said, wherever you are in your marriage, don't feel any shame about where you're at um, because it can always get better. And there's a reason you're feeling where it's at, right? And but when you want to get good at anything, any skill set is better with the right tools. So I'm going to give you three tools. And first I want to talk about there's like a theory out right now where we're putting too much on marriage, right? Um Esther Perel kind of went through this whole thing of like how marriage used to be like an economic institution. And then it was like a partnership and love marriages didn't really happen till much later. And she goes, now we're putting on like that this person we're married to should be like everything to us. It should be all of our wants and our needs, like everything that like a whole village used to um, apply for us. Now we're expecting our spouse to do that. And I, for a while, I, I gotta be honest with you. I kind of agree with that. I was like, oh, that's probably, that makes a lot of sense. But then, um, another researcher, um, Eli Frank, um, sorry, Eli Finley, he studied this whole thing. And he said, you know, he went into the study of it of saying, yeah, you're right. Like we're putting too much on marriages. And so he was true, did a whole study of trying to prove that theory. And what he found is what I call all or nothing or what he calls all or nothing. And he said, Americans today have elevated their expectations of marriage and can, in fact, achieve an unprecedentedly high level of marriage quality, but only if they're able to invest a great deal of time and energy into their partnership. And he found that we want this really high level of marriage. Um, But a lot of us want it on the cheap. We're not willing to like really invest the time and what it takes. And he analogizes it up to like um, climbing Mount Everest. Like the people who get to you know, like the top of Mount Everest, they have been training and they bring oxygen and they bring all these things to get them there because they know it's going to be amazing, but it also, they it, it's going to require a lot. And so like our new vision of marriage that we probably have never had in time of like meeting all of our needs and make, kind of making us the best version of ourselves is completely, he found, in the realm of possibility, but you have to go into it investing that time and that effort to do that. And, you know, probably the best um, person I would say out there who has come with the best tools for marriage 
is uh, John and Julie Gottman. They they really have studied, you know, couples for years and years and years and come up with like some of the best tools that we could have. And I love um, President Nelson, the prophet of the LDS Church. Um, you know, he did a talk about nurturing marriage. And I think this quote is so beautiful. He says, marriage brings greater possibilities for happiness than does any other human relationship. Yet some married couples fall short of their full potential. They let their romance become rusty, take each other for granted, allow others' interest or clouds of neglect to obscure the vision of what their marriage really could be. Marriages would be happier if nurtured more carefully. So just like any like analogy, like a garden or like, I think the garden is a great analogy for marriage where there's going to be sometimes seasons of plenty crops, sometimes seasons where you have to um, take the weeds out. Sometimes you strip it down and let the soil get nutrients, right? But marriage takes nurturing. And, you know, um, since I, you know, whenever, whatever tool I'm teaching my community, I go deep dive, right? So I've been studying this for months. And so I've been using some of these tools on my marriage and John and I, and even though like, I feel like blessed to have a marriage that I really love and that um, I feel like John and I put a lot of time into marriage, the tools that um, I'm teaching this month and lifted together that I'm going to teach my members, like we've been using them and I'm like, wow, like that is amazing. Like I didn't think about how important it is to really kind of be sharper with our tools, like sharpening the saw, right? And so one of the tools you need to do is, is realize the investment in time. And, you know, the spouses who spent time alone with each other, talking or sharing activity at least once per week were three and a half times more likely to be happier in their marriages than spouses who did so less frequently. And, you know, the Gottmans have a whole like six magic six hours where they're like the partings, you know, you, when you leave each other coming together date night and like they call it state of the union. And they're like, if you only invest six more hours into your marriage a week, you will see drastic changes. And when I have become more intentional with that time invested, I really realize like you do get the the crop, the fruit of that marriage and that relationship and really does. It's like um, you, you create kind of rituals of how you want to really show affection and partings and loving and like you just become more intentional. And so just use this podcast today to help you kind of refine your tools and pick up one or two tools. Like I would focus on one or two things that I'm saying that you want to improve on. And I love this quote from um, Frederick Nishat where it says, it's not a lack of love, but a lack of friendship that makes unhappy marriages. So part, and I saw this in my parents is, Friendship is going to be key for that. And I really break, I like these three tools that Gottman, um, the Gottmans have given us where it's um, you create love maps, you create fondness, a strong fondness and admiration system and bits for connection. And so love maps, uh, you know, when I was doing this with my husband, he's like, what are love maps? I'm like, they're really just um, mutual understanding of each other's worlds, like how you're thinking, um, you know, it's like a detailed knowledge of this, your strengths, your connections, um, your, what you think is important, what you're tolerating, kind of the conflicts. And it really is just kind of questions that you, you know, ask yourself, like, what is your biggest stress right now? And this internal roadmap, like 
it gives you a mind of your partner's inner world. So it's being known and feeling what your partner is really interested in knowing right now and feeling. And so how do you do this? How do you create this love map? You basically literally just ask any open-end questions. Like, how do you think about your job? How would you like our life to be three years from now? You know, these kind of questions really help build that love map. And you have to keep asking them, keep updating them. It was interesting. My husband and I were on a road trip. And so we spent about three hours just asking each other's questions. And we did it where the fact, like, I would ask the question and then I would give the answer I think he would give. And so that's kind of a fun way to do it. And you could do it anyway. And you could just Google Gottman's love map and it would be a list of questions. But taking that time to do that was really eye-opening for me because I realized like things I assumed he was feeling or what he wanted to do, I was not always correct. And so you might be assuming some stories about your spouse that they've grown past, or like I said, in any relationship you do with your children or if you're dating somebody or a good friendship. And this really like, it was brought in such a feeling of connection with each other. And I could tell that he felt really seen me just asking these questions. And so this is a really fun activity to do. And it really helps you bring that, that intimacy or like that intimacy of friendship into your marriage. Okay. The second tool is creating that fondness and admiration. You know, these are two crucial elements in like the most like rewarding and long lasting romance. And I love what president Nelson said. He said to appreciate, to say, I love you. And I, and thank you is not difficult. But these expressions of love and appreciation do more than acknowledge a kind thought or deed. These are sweet signs of civility. As grateful partners look for the good in each other and sincerely pay compliments to one another, wives and husbands will strive to become the persons described in those compliments. Like people really do live up to how you see them. And the problem with uh, appreciation fondness is our brains don't automatically go there, right? Our brains like to focus on what's going wrong, what somebody's doing wrong, the negativity. And we have to train our brains to focus on what you appreciate. And so you have to really start scanning your environment with your spouse for things to look for, to appreciate, um, to express your appreciation, to say thank you, things you are like our fondness and admiration, right? And in my, um, group lifted together, we are, you know, like I have some really amazing questions because one of your jobs, brain's job is to whatever you think to find the evidence. And I'm, you know, I've given them such amazing questions of like these traits, and then you need to go and find the evidence of how this trait is true in your spouse. And so it really is easy to take each other for granted. And you need to like really openly share with your partner what you appreciate about them and that really does strengthen your bond. So when you create like that firm foundation of affection, honor, and respect, it is much easier to overcome like those problem areas, those bumps in the world in marriage in a positive productive way, because you have this climate of appreciation that really does like protect you from contempt. And um, even if you don't feel like your relationship is stable and happy, you could always do a better job of showing fineness, fondness and admiration. And that building block is going to strengthen your, it's going to be a foundation for passion, intimacy, and better sex. Um, your friendship will be stronger and all areas of your relationship will, will flourish. And the good news is if you're not good at this now, like it doesn't mean that you can't be good at it. It's skill, 
um, it could be rekindled and it could be built. So all it does really is take three steps where you look for evidence and, you know, your brain finds evidence for what we think. So how do you remember, how are you thinking about the story of your spouse? Like, are you thinking of constantly ways you are admiring them? Or are you constantly looking for ways that um, they're doing it wrong? And so when you find yourself that brain goes to, oh, they should do this better. This is when you have to redirect your brain to focus on what is going right. What are they doing right? What qualities that you cherish? And I like to always assume good intent. Um, that is something that I think that assumption will never really do you wrong. Um, because like I said, like we go into these bumps in the road and sometimes we don't really understand what's going on for our spouse, how their day went and everything. And when I find, when I assume good intent with John, then whatever my disappointment I'm experiencing, I come to him with a much more open, much more willing to listen what's going on with him. And we are able to get over that. Um, disappointment, I'm able to get over to it much easier. And so that is where um, that, what I'm saying, that culture of admiration and fondness, when you have that culture and when you have, um, when you've created your brain, when those normal disappointments come in, like as we disappoint each other's marriage, it's easier to recalibrate it back to that. So the habit of looking for the positive with your partner really counteracts that tendency to to look for the negative and to stay in the negative in your relationship. And it helps you tell your story about your relationship in a much more um, empowering, positive way that you want to. Um, and then the third one is it's just, it's small things. And it's what the Gottman's call bid for connection. And bids for connection are basically Anything where your partner is, it could be a meme they sent you. It could be, did you see that blue car? A sentence, right? It's anything that your partner says to get your attention. And what the Gottmans found that the people, the couples that they studied for over 20 years, what they noticed that if the couple turned towards the other, the person turned towards their partner, meaning like, uh-huh, that is enough of like um, a bid for connection, a response to it, that they were 80% less likelihood to get divorced. Like these little bids for connection makes all the difference in um, that relationship. And um, it's really turning towards each other. And this was really good for me to notice, like even with my children, where they're say something or say a comment, like my, and like my daughter will say something about a song that she wants to listen to or something. And me like, reaffirming me saying something back, me saying, being interested in what she's interested in, that is how she feels seen. And so think about it. Like, I want you to kind of ask yourself when, um, when these bids for connection, like, like, um, if you have no response, why, like, what are you thinking? Like, if you're thinking, stop talking to me or don't reach out to me or don't respond to a text, like that is, not putting money into your emotional bank, but torn, turning towards each other creates this emotional bank account. So when you are often there, like, like they're in their minor things in your lives, these are the things that starts adding up that helps with the everyday things. And having a surplus in your emotional bank account is what makes romance last and gets you through those hard times, bad moods and major life changes. By learning to turn towards each other during those minor moments in your day, this will make your marriage not only more stable, but more romantic. So every time you make the effort to listen and respond to what your partner says to help them 
you make your relationship a little bit better, a little bit stronger. And so I'm just going to focus on those three things that I'm going to, I could go, I have probably four other tools I'm teaching um, my community, in fact, and we're going into conflict, how to resolve conflict in marriage, because these are all so important, but I just want you to pick, you know, bid for connection, the love map and the fondness and admiration and pick one of those things to focus on this month with your spouse. Make that be your Valentine's day gift to each other, where you invest that time and that effort into each other and see just, it doesn't take a lot to improve or up-level your love to tune it up. It really doesn't, but it takes intent and time. Okay. And so you will be the biggest benefit from investing in your spouse. And, you know, I have, I coach a lot of women who are like, but if I do this, my spouse will still do them many things and that they do wrong. Right. But what I've noticed is that when I work with just one person on the marriage, that whole marriage gets up-leveled kind of like, um, high tide raises all boats. So make this fun. Don't make this heavy. Choose something that, um, you can make more delight in your marriage, whether it's you looking for all the things they're doing, right? Like give your, um, self a break from being negative and looking for the, um, things they're doing wrong. Just say this week, I'm just going to focus on all the things doing right. And when your brain goes to, Oh, there they go. And again, just keep redirecting, redirecting. And it takes time. And what you're going to see is you're going to create like that garden. You're, you're planting the seeds right now to have this beautiful fruit that you will enjoy every day of your life right? And your relationship and you will change and you will become a better version of yourself. And the people who get blessed in that is all your children, all your friends, all your family, right? When you become a better version, you learn how to love. This improves everything. And so these three tools I'm giving you, like just choose one and let's get really good at it this month and see what fun you could put into your marriage, into your relationships. All right. Thank you for joining me today. And if you want to work on this more and go deeper and get coached on this and really get, um, drop the shame about marriage and just like make it easier for you, come work with me and lift it together. Um, you could go to my name, Jenny Hunter coaching, J E N I E Hunter coaching, or you could go to liftittogether.com and you will find, um, how to work with me there. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for joining. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lift It Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.